Hey, welcome to the Past Control Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and I got Mike here. Yep, that's me. That is Mike. And in this week's episode, episode 92, it is our post-PAX, PAX, post-E3 2018 episode, where we've run down pretty much everything that we want to discuss about E3 from all the major conferences, from all the big publishers, and of course from the big three, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Uh, you can hear us kind of argue, kind of just talk about things, our thoughts, and uh, you can hate us on the internet for what we say and you don't agree with. Uh, we'll keep this short and sweet because it's a long episode. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by, of course, our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on Friday or Saturday night from 7 to 11, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. We were just there a few hours ago, got ourselves some fucking chocolate Oreo coffee cookies, and let me tell you, I need to go back tomorrow and get some more. So if you're here in Salem on Friday or Saturday from 7 to 11, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself one of these tasty, tasty treats. As always, you can find us on the internet at pastthecontroller.io, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pastcontroller, and on Instagram and Twitter at pastcontroller. When you listen to us on iTunes, make sure to subscribe, make sure to leave us a review, and we'll love you forever. Enjoy this week's episode, episode 92, post E3 2018. It's your idea, so it's a bad idea. Well, it's not my idea. It was actually Jen's idea. But it's uh, even worse idea. Probably. But I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea to, like, start this new trend of let's go get, like, food and goodnight fatty and then come record. I feel like that, that order's backwards. Just go back to the old ways. What was the old way? Uh, doing this on an empty stomach and then going to replenish our strength. Hmm. I don't know. I I, I have well, no look at you now. You're all sleepy now. You're all you know, ready I to was sleepy before I left. Yeah, but now we had pizza. Well, you didn't have pizza. I didn't have pizza. We had cookies. I ate half a cookie. And we didn't get fucking milkshakes. This is bullshit. I didn't get a milkshake because I only ate half a cookie. Absolute bullshit. Um. All right. So I mean, it, it's E3 is over. Mm-hmm. The time has come. Yep. For us to dish. Mm-hmm. What we think is going on here? Nah. You staying or going? No, I'm out of here. Dom's out of here. Dom, quick hot takes. Give your three hot takes for E3, and then fucking yeah, bang it out. Real quick. Uh, what was your best? What was the best conference? Probably Microsoft. Okay. Yeah. What was the best game in general? Um, so game that I'm most excited for. Dom's game of the show is split between Smash or Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Good. Worst game of the show. Uh, or biggest letdown. Uh, biggest wet stinker. I'm I'm still confused as to what uh, Kojima's up to. Death no one no one knows, and we're never going to. It's the worst know. game. I'll just say I'm most confused by what's going on there. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, text, it was the least presented as a game. Text yes. me when you uh, get back. Uh, all right. Well, now we have Dom's hot takes, his juicy hot takes. Dom has to skedaddle, but that's fine. Mike and I have run this show before. We can run it again. I doubt it. No, we can do this, Mike. I have faith in you. So what do you think? You wanna you wanna just kinda 
overall chat about E three or do you want to go conference by conference? Uh good question. Alright, let's go conference by conference. Break right. it down nice and easy. So we can start off on what is not typically or not officially part of E three, which is the day before EA play, which mm-hmm. is EA's conference. Uh was there anything particularly from that show that piqued your interest, or...? Honestly, I forgot I watched it until we started talking about it. So the main things, the bigger deals that were shown from that, were obviously there was the sports titles, so yeah. Madden, FIFA, NBA. Um, Definitely not my jam. Yeah, I, I as well. Battlefield V, or Battlefield Five. I'm not sure which one they're actually calling it. Yeah. Uh... War never changes, so I'm not really interested exactly. in that either. Exactly, that's not the same thing. But anyways, you're right. Unravel 2, sequel to Unravel. I mean, it looks entertaining enough, but as a person who didn't play the first Unravel, I feel like I'd just be lost. Like, why am I a man made of yarn? That's true. I also don't think there's probably not a cohesive or deep connecting story. Yeah, Maybe well, I'm wrong, I don't know. A connective story? They're literally made out of yarn. That's the most connective fiber... Well, in the sequel, they're actually connected together, so they're, like, literally connected. Even more. Literally. Um, There was the very awkward uh, Star Wars reveal Mm -hmm. of uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. So, for those of you who didn't watch EA's press conference, or maybe haven't watched any of E3 or or, or what have you... During their conference, they cut to the crowd at one point, and someone from the studio, I forget who it was, they literally just, it was like a sentence about, hey, this game is being made, and you use lightsabers, and it's a single-player game, and that was it. It was the biggest waste of screen time, I think, at E3. It was odd. I don't know. It, I'll say the least. It was pointless. I mean, they were better off just not mentioning it all or, you know, just throwing up a, a mock logo. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, a definitive logo. I mean, last year at E3, Nintendo threw up a logo for Metro Prime 4 and a hand-drawn sketch of Pokemon coming to Switch. So, I mean, I feel like if they just threw up a logo, it would have been enough to get people excited. Yeah, we should really stop letting people do that. But... Before we get into what I thought were the two biggest takeaways, in my opinion, from the EA conference, uh, I would rate this at the bottom of the list. I think this this and, and Square were tied for the worst conferences, almost the most pointless conferences. Okay. But Battlefield Five and Star Wars Battlefront Two, we got a lot... Well, we got more DLC coming to Battlefront Two in the form of stuff to do with the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait, Clone Wars or Attack of Clones? Clone Wars. Um, are you like asking if it's legitimately things from the movie The Clone? Uh, Attack they, of the Clones. They or? specifically said one of them. I don't know if it was Attack of the Clones or Clone Wars. I mean, I don't remember them mentioning characters that were not in the movie. They said that the four confirmed heroes or villains coming were Dooku, Dooku, Grievous, Obi Wan, and Anakin, right? Um, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, are they in both movie and... Yes. ...the series? Mm-hmm. 
All right, well, I don't know. So I don't know if it's if it's heavily leaning towards one side or not. But we're getting more content from the Clone Wars, which is pretty cool. I think people were pretty excited about that. I mean, it's definitely cool. But one of the underlying themes of this this conference for them was like an apology tour. Like when Battlefield was up, it was very clear. They made it m- mentions of it multiple times that there'll be no loot boxes, there'll be no pay-to-win stuff, there'll be no this. Great, we get it. You fucked up a Battlefront 2, and now everyone hates you for that. So, you know, we're going to keep apologizing about that stuff. But that was a theme running throughout. It was a theme for Battlefield 5. It was part of their Star Wars Battlefront 2 piece. And it was a part of their final game, which I'll get to last, because I want to first talk about Sea of Solitude, um, which is one of the other, like, EA originals from a small indie studio. Um, I forget where the studio is based. It's is it someplace Canadian or someplace Europe? No, it's middle of Europe somewhere. I don't. It might be. It might be a German studio. I'm not sure, but it's a small studio out of Europe. And this game, this game, like grabbed me right away. The art style is is fantastic. Um, the what the game seems to be about, like a like a woman struggling with being alone. I like. Everything about it, I'm on board. I cannot wait to play it. Um, a lot of these games that the EA originals have have brought... I mean, we've seen Unravel. Obviously now Unravel 2, Sea of Solitude. Child of Light, I believe, was also an EA original at one point. Mm-hmm. Which is a fantastic turn-based RPG that uh, really just... That would be a good game from the port to Switch because more people need to play that game. It's a little bit older, but it would run and look beautiful on the Switch. Um... An interesting thing about EA Originals, Mike, is that EA doesn't make any profit off those games. I think Faye was also an EA Original, um, or Fee, however you pronounce it. I know it's pronounced funny. It's F-E, the game. that It came out on Switch and Steam recently, maybe everything. But they don't make any money off of EA, EA Originals. They just publish them so that these studios can have publishing, which I think is, like, that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for a company that a lot of the you know whether it's the minority or the majority a lot of vocal people on the internet seem to always bash on EA this is like a really non-traditional practice in the industry i mean they're literally not making money off of it all the profit, well, of course they're making all their money on loot boxes yeah there you go well, all the profit goes to the studio which i think is just a really cool gesture it's a good way to kind of help some of these smaller studios get broader publishing but Sea of Solitude, definitely a sleeper pick for me, something I'm super excited about, something I didn't know was coming. Um, definitely one of the highlights of my personal take on E3 this year. And they ended with a game that we knew about last year, but we saw a little bit more of an in-depth look and a little Q&A with, with uh, some of the people from the team. Anthem. Mm-hmm. Which is EA's answer to a Destiny-like game. I feel like watching the gameplay, I saw a lot of Borderlands there. I saw a lot of Monster Hunter World. Obviously, a lot of Destiny. What are your What are your thoughts on it? Because I, I think you and I are going to have differing opinions, or maybe you'll just be indifferent. I'm not sure. Uh, so, outside of Borderlands, the game has been heavily described as other games that I also chose not to play. So, there's nothing off the table for me. So... It, at least the way that so the way that I say it's like Destiny is because 
it's there's a similar architecture. I don't think the game is actually similar itself. I just think it's more of a this is a game that is meant to be a shared universe online with your friends. Mm-hmm. So like if you were to go out into the world, other people can be also interacting in the world online. It's like an open yeah, constantly online game. Mm-hmm. And that's the similarity with Destiny that I draw. Yeah. And I think that might honestly be the part of the reason why I don't feel like playing Destiny. So because it's online? No, I think just that concept that you described about just being like an open sort of, you guys hop in there and fucking fuck off. I'm like, ah, I don't really feel like playing that. Um, I kind of want to dissect that a little bit further. How come? Just the, what's the reason why? What about that it turns you off, I guess? I Probably the same reason why I can't do most any open world. I don't, I can't focus on anything. Or there's too much for me to do, and I don't feel like trying to figure so out. So you, so the, it's not the fact that it's online with everyone. It's the fact that you just want a more linear path. Yeah, probably. Okay, all right. Well, so this is the other thing that separates it from what Destiny is. Destiny arguably has a very limited single player part to this game, where Anthem, at least what they're saying is a more single-player, story-driven experience mm-hmm. with those fun multiplayer elements for you and your friends to get on and dick around. Mm. So, I mean, there might be something there for you with that. But if the fact that you want something a little more guided, I can understand it being a game you wouldn't be interested in. When I compare it to something like Monster Hunter World in particular, it's at least some of the encounters they showed with like enemies and bigger things in the game it seemed to me as though, like, you, like, it, it seemed like those interactions where it, you, you play some games or most games, you fight a boss or you fight a group of enemies. It's this, it's like, it's one thing. It's like a, it's a staged thing that, like, will always play out the same way for the most part. Where, like, in Monster Hunter World, you know, whenever we would play that, you'd spend some time either grinding the same monsters, like fighting the same beasts over and over again, or maybe, you know, just you might end up just fighting the same beasts once in a while because that your missions require it. But every fight with the same monster was always dynamic and always, like, unpredictable because uh, so many other factors can influence what happens and the way that the monsters interact with you and the in the world it, it can like the, there's so many variables that can make the outcome of the fight or the the process of the fight just different it always feels like a different experience and it looked i got that at least hopefully i looked at it with those those uh, shaders on saying wow i hope it's like a dynamic battle like that every time you go into war or with, you know, with whatever these, you know, beings are that you're fighting. And the reason I liken it to Borderlands is simply because when you're shooting people, the numbers pop out. And that was one of my favorite things about Borderlands. Mm. So that's, like, the one comparison that makes me think of Borderlands. But it's a great thing. Like, I love that little thing. So basically what I'm describing is when you're attacking these enemies, like, the damage you inflict... The, however, say it was 200 damage, like 200 pops up like as you're shooting them. Mm. I like that thing. I, I like that visual. It, 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 I don't know. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of an old school like turn-based RPG where like you attack someone and you see like minus 20 or whatever. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I enjoyed that little thing. And then, uh, 
obviously, I mean, you're flying around in fucking Iron Man-like suits. So mm-hmm. the, the game has piqued my interest. Last year when they initially showed it, I was very like, meh, I don't know how I feel about this. But this year, I, I'm like, all right, this might be a day one for me. Uh, me and Joe are pretty excited. Todd and Dom seem apprehensive and... You seem to just hate those types of games altogether. Yeah. Well, it still works out. That's like four people for you guys. On a, if you can sell it on yeah, Joe. Yeah, but I like fucking hanging out with my fucking boy Mike. No, too bad. Uh, also, Battlefield Five will not launch with a Battle Royale mode, but apparently it is coming. Or maybe it will launch, but they're going to announce it later before it gets closer to the date. Hmm, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to buy the game just for Battle Royale mode. Yeah. But eh, that was pretty much EA in a nutshell. Uh, for me, it was Sea of Solitude and Anthem. Everything else was kind of whatever. Didn't care too much. Any Was there anything that like piqued your interest? Or not really? Was it just like a whatever for you? It was just a whatever. It was just like, oh, you mean it's Saturday and someone's doing something? All right, I yeah. suppose I can check it out. Pretty much. Uh, so then it brings us to the actual first E3, technically, press conference, which is Xbox, or Microsoft, rather. And I will say that they were, because we'll, we'll kind of do a little cumulative, like who, who had the best what at the end, I guess. But uh, I will say that they're top tier as far as this year's conferences go. I enjoyed it very much so. Um, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. I think, uh, obviously, you know, I plant my flag in Nintendo soil pretty, you know, I mean, I'm a Nintendo guy, like, through and through. Mm. I play everything, but I usually tend to, you know, gravitate towards Nintendo platforms and Nintendo first-party games, but I do play everything. Um, And as much as I would love to say Nintendo with the best conference, I mean, they had the game that I was the most excited about, which is Smash, but I do think that if I take a step back and evaluate all of the conferences for what they are, I think Microsoft did have the best conference, but we can debate that later a little bit. But uh, going into the games pretty much, I'll run through most of them, and then we can kind of stop and chat about whatever. Um, Halo Infinite, they, they started off with that. They didn't really show much about the game. They hinted to make it seem like maybe this takes place in the past, or it seems as though it's a return to older Halo, or at least older stylized Halo, and it ends with Chief, and people want Chief back. So there's that. The big thing to take from, away from that was that they're they've developed a brand new engine for this game, which is a big deal because that will power this Halo and then probably the next few sequels, and maybe might bleed into other games they make. So it's a big deal that they created a brand new engine for this, and I think that is honestly the thing that people should be the most excited about is that this new engine is coming to this series. Um, or in the Will of the Wisps, which... Did you play the first one? Nope. It's really good. Metroidvania-style game. Uh, beautiful art style. Amazing music. It's it's like... I feel like it's a really underrated game because I don't think it's on Steam. I think it's only on Windows and, and Xbox. No. I don't know if it's also on the Steam store. I think it's just on Windows 10. I mean, I'm not... a computer person so i don't like windows 10 is its own separate thing away from like you have to just buy it from like the microsoft store right wait what is your question if you buy a game like if like microsoft has like the play anywhere thing where mm-hmm. like you can play gears of war on your pc right or on your xbox mm-hmm. but it's not through steam it's through windows 10 
It's through their store, yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. So it's no integration with Steam. You have to have, like, a... No, and I think I tried at some point to get it to do that, because I, I have Cuphead, and Cuphead is Play Anywhere, so I can play it on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I think I was trying to get it to run in Steam, and then I think there is a way to do it, but it involves, like breaking a few things and I didn't feel like putting the effort into it. Is there a benefit? Is there, like... It wasn't a benefit? a benefit. I think I just wanted the the added bonus of, like, if I was playing it um... Because my, I think my Steam is integrated with other things, and I just okay. want those other things to like be aware that I'm playing Cuphead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not in that ecosystem, so sometimes some of these things, like, I, I'm not, you know, the most versed in that stuff. I'm not an expert in everything. You're not Pretty much nothing. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, probably not. Yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing worth bragging. About. No, definitely not anything worth bragging about. Uh, but to keep running through some of these games, then we got uh, Sarik Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, mm-hmm. which is uh, they they like briefly teased it last year. I'm pretty sure it got teased at the the Sony booth. I mean, the Sony conference last year. I can't remember, but I thought it was at Sony's, where it was literally just like a quick like. Like barbed wire on like a bat. Nobody knew what the fuck it was, but it was a from software game. So people were like, "Oh my god, it's Bloodborne 2, Blah blah. Well, no, it's not. It turned out to be this game, which is like a like a Souls style game, which looks like it takes place in either you know feudal Japan or or there's. It seems like there's like samurais, like Asian culture influenced setting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if there is like a this is in China or this is like I don't know if it's in a specific whatever but it's mm-hmm. definitely like based off of like Asian culture yeah um looked interesting I'm not like super big into the souls and and, and Bloodborne and, and stuff like that I would like to be a little bit more invested I just haven't um Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 beat the shit out of me and I just never finished them um but I have been meaning to go back to to at least two and three. I don't know if one ages as well as I might want to put up with. Um, then we got another look at Fallout 76. Um, the only real takeaway we got from that was that, because Todd Howard came out on the Xbox stage, the only real extra news we got about it at this point, because Bethesda elaborated on it much more, obviously, was that uh, Fallout 76 is four times bigger than Halo, uh, Halo 4, uh, Fallout 4, mm. which is is large for them. I mean, that's a, that's a big game, four times. That's, that's pretty large. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then after that, they announced that a few other games would be coming to Game Pass that day, including Fallout 4, The Division 2, and I think there was one other game that might have... The Elder Scrolls Online? Maybe that was it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Then we got... The Amazing Adventure of Captain Spirit or whatever, mm-hmm. which does not seem like anything I'm interested in. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, it's going to be free, and I'm kind of just curious as to how, what is going on in that game. So what I think, so basically it's, you never played Life is Strange, did you? Nope. So it's in set in the same universe as that. I don't think there's any crossover between the characters that would be in Life is Strange in this. Mm-hmm. I think there's just like little nods to Life is Strange in it, like in yeah. the background and stuff. Um... But from what I understand, the first... Because it's episodic. The first uh-huh. episode, I believe, will be free. And then... That's how they get you. Yeah. First taste is free. I know but, how to sell drugs. I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a... It, you would probably enjoy it because it's probably similar to, like, 
A Day's Gone or something where it's like mm-hmm. not I don't I don't know if I would consider this a walking simulator but I think it's a very like it's not terribly taxing right probably not very difficult not to say that you can't handle a difficult game mm-hmm. you just like those you know quick little journeys yeah um we got Battletoads tease we shouldn't really see anything they just said hey Battletoads coming back 2019 uh Crackdown 3 which we already knew about and the release date already got leaked for next year but they showed a little bit of that. The Very, Terry Crews simulator? Yeah, the Terry Crews simulator, basically. Um, it's it's literally just Terry Crews. Like, he's not playing a character. He's just playing himself. He's just Terry Crews. Um, I'm trying to look real quick at this list to see some two new DLCs announced for Sea of Thieves. They did a little segment on Game Pass and how great it is and how they're implementing a feature which lets you start games two times faster. Okay. So that's a thing. A uh, little highlight reel on PUBG. They announced that um, Sandhawk would be coming this summer to consoles. And then they teased what looked like another map for later in the year. The Division 2, which was leaked, got officially announced and revealed. Looks pretty interesting. I enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was, was fun. I beat it. And then the end game was kind of dull to me. They added a lot more to the game after the fact. And the game actually ended up, like, the end game of it actually ended up being a little robust. I just never went back to it. Um, but that would fall in the category of games that have too much going on for you. Ooh, what else we got? Devil May Cry 5? Mm-hmm. Showing off for the first time. This is the this is the thing that, like, I'm going to get into this debate later, is I see a lot of people saying that, like, oh, Sony had the best conference, or Bethesda did. Microsoft... Not only was it like a very well orchestrated conference, in my opinion, where it flowed very smoothly, like they did all the things they needed to do. They announced a bunch of games, they showed off a bunch of games we already knew about, there was a bunch of world premieres, a bunch of exclusives, um, they talked about Game Pass, they mentioned how they're still, you know, they're, fo- they're committed to this generation, but they're also working on, you know, the next Xbox, whatever that may be, and then... Um, was probably one of the bigger announcements, which probably shouldn't get people too excited for this current generation, but this is definitely laying the foundation for the next console or whatever they decide to do. Um, Like, the acquisition of four studios and then the creation of a fifth, that, again, short term, probably not going to you know, breed any new games right away, but the potential for what that can now create for their platform going forward is huge. I mean, they they uh, they picked up Undead Labs, which studio behind State of Decay. Obviously, State of, De- State of Decay Two just came out, so they picked up them. Playground Studios, which is is really smart of them to pick up because they are so. Forza Horizon 4 got shown off and announced. You can usually count on a Forza game being at their conference. One year they do the Motorsport series, which is the more, like, (coughs) excuse me, the more racing simulator, like simulator style game. And then the Horizon series, which is a more uh, arcade It still has a lot of realistic physics and and stuff, but is a little bit more silly. Right. There's two different teams that work 
playground works on Horizon, and I forget uh, turn turn ten, maybe. Uh, there's a studio that works on the the motorsport series, but they share like a bunch of stuff. So like, these games have the same skeleton, but they're working on motorsport and they're working Horizon. So they're it allows them to like when a new when the next one comes out. Obviously, they're two different styles of games, and they're trying to accomplish different things. But because both studios are working on certain things, some of that stuff crosses over, and they're allowed to share it because it's all under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. But them acquiring that studio is huge because that means that you know these games or the people with that type of talent, because the Forza Horizon games were fantastic, can't go somewhere else. That that's a very smart pickup, in my opinion, for them. Compulsion games which uh, they're the people behind We Happy Few, Mm -hmm. which they also announced would be leaving early access sometime this year, I think August, actually. And then uh, Ninja Theory, another big acquisition. Mm -hmm. So those are are some big deal pickups for the most part. And then the the biggest thing out of there, which is, again, their commitment to trying to build a bigger stable of first-party games, is... Their new Santa Monica studio, The Initiative. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah. That that shows that they're committed to like, Microsoft as a company. I would have to imagine their gaming division is like not where they like. It's a probably a very small small piece of their profit. Right. So to show their dedication by acquiring these things and putting faith in like building a new studio. To, to try to make their, you know, more first-party games for themselves, that's a big deal. It's a big commitment, and that, that should excite people who are invested in the Xbox ecosystem, and that should make people who are on the fringe or maybe not Xbox gamers to look in and say, huh, all right, maybe in a few years Xbox might be, might have my interest. Uh, so that was exciting. And then uh, we obviously got Gears of War 5. We got three Gears games. Gears of War 5, Gears Pop, Mm -hmm. and Gears Tactics, which are like all over the board. Gears 5, mainline game. The the announcement led off with the Pop thing, which I think scared a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, I was very confused at first. After seeing the whole announcement, I'm glad that it went that way. Because I feel like if they led with Gears 5 and then finished the other two, nobody would care about the other two. Like, they wouldn't even be part of the conversation. But the fact that, like, hey, we're going to lead with the silly game, the casual game. Then we'll quickly mention that we're working on a tactics game for PC players. And then we'll get to the real meat. Like, that was the, I think that was the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, people are mad. They're like, oh, I can't believe they started off that way. I'm like, that's... It doesn't change the fact that you're getting... Yeah, you're still right. getting it all. Yeah, it's not like they... I don't know. If if they showed the pop thing and that's all we were getting, yes, then you can be mad. But mm. we got all three. Literally in the same fucking paragraph. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. People are pretty excited uh, because the protagonist of Cures 5 is female, which was a trend at this, uh, this year's E3. That's cool. Hey, ladies. Mm-hmm. Then Just Cause 4, Kingdom Hearts 3 got another trailer. They had like 18 trailers during fucking 
E3. They'd spent the last 10 years just making trailers. I know. I'm, I'm convinced that when the game launches, it's just going to be a movie. Not even have gameplay. It's just going to be a movie. That's supposed to happen with Death Stranding. I also would not be surprised if that was the thing. Uh, Metro Exodus. Um, there was a few other, I think, some indie games because there were some things sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. And then the three big boys that we'll, we'll single out here. Because mm-hmm. I think... I think for the most part, I think we're all kind of on the same page of what our biggest takeaways were. Mm-hmm. Jump Force. Mm-hmm. You had no idea this game was, is it existed prior to this, right? Right. I will fucking give me the fucking give me your thoughts. I need to know. I mean, with. you're the fucking you're the resident fucking animu here. Like, if there's if there's anyone at this table that's a fucking if there's anyone at this table, uh, me and Brendan. Yeah. So if there's anyone at this table that is the fucking I was, I was gonna say hentai god. I mean, that also might be a yeah, thing. I don't know. But you know, the fucking anime senpai. Anime senpai. senpai. Okay. It would be fucking Mr. Miguel over here. Uh huh. All right. So what? What are you feeling? Like what? What? How are you? Like give me your break. Like what are you thinking right now? Are, are you on board? Are you apprehensive? Yeah, I'm on board. All right. So what? 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 what we got? It's going a fighting on? game, and it's got characters I like. That's basically all I ask for from this and Smash. It's like, oh. I know these people. I want to make them punch each other. Check, check. I'm yeah, in. but like, you you don't want a fucking PlayStation All Stars in your hands here. PlayStation All Stars major failing was that I didn't care about those characters. But if you did, if the I game was a, if I was the guy that loved Parappa the Rapper and Kratos and Fat Princess, I'd be like, ooh, this is great. Why don't you guys play this? And I'd be coming here all the time with my Vita in hand saying, yo, you trying to play some PlayStation All-Stars? Yeah, and you'd get fucking rocked. Well, we'll never know, well, will we? Because we both I, have Vitas, and we both have that game. Yeah, but I didn't care about those characters. I'm never coming over here saying... I, I never unwrapped the packet, the cellophane off the fucking game. There we go. There is the problem. Whereas with... No, the problem was it was a fucking garbage game. Whereas with... This game, Jump Force, I'm like, I was like sitting there and watching, like, oh, that's the ship from, uh, that's the ship from fucking One Piece. Oh, that's the, that's the spaceship from Dragon Ball Z. What the hell's going on here? And then, like, everyone's showing up, and Frieza's there, and he's, you know, doing his typical Frieza thing, and lights, mm-hmm. people were punching things. I was like, okay, all right, let's see. There were, I would say, probably that I noticed two times during the Xbox conference, because we watched it together. Mm-hmm. There were two times, I think, that you were legitimately excited. Mm-hmm. And it was this and mm-hmm. one other game that I'll mention in a second. Okay. We all know it was Cyberpunk, so like, 2077, so, like, we can talk oh, those wait. pretenses. Was that what it was? Oh, okay. All right, then there were three games that... No, I made that up. Oh, okay. All right. Never, never mind. But I'm going into this with weird feelings, because the teaser that they showed... Mm-hmm. To me, at first, I was like, whoa, is this a fucking RPG with all these Shonen Jump characters? No, oh, I didn't need an RPG. That was that was our major difference, I guess. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't need another fighting game. I, I, it was like a cool, like, if, if it was an action-adventure game, even if it was like a Marvel Ultimate Alliance-style four-player RPG I'm already brawler. getting One Piece World Seeker, so I don't need that. Is that what that type? Is that what that game is? Is a is a RPG? I mean, I can't even tell. But it looks like it's just Luffy running around, fucking going from place to place. Yeah, but imagine if it was like, fucking, we were all there and like we could all be whoever we wanted to be, mm-hmm. from you know those universes. So you're looking for Ultimate Alliance, but with Jump Stars. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be down with that. I mean, nobody makes those games anymore. Like, th- that was one of my favorite genre of games. I mean, there was, like, light versions of it with things like Gauntlet Legends that I always loved. There was some deeper ones, you know, like Champions of Norath, which is a fucking fantastic game. Um, there was a Dungeons & Dragons game that I had for the OG Xbox that was like that, and that was fucking fantastic. Only problem with that game is that for some reason... It never fucking saved our progress correctly, so we were constantly replaying the same shit over and over again, and it got to the point where I was like, why are we fucking playing this game? We had another RPG that did the same fucking thing for GameCube. I don't want to talk about it. It made me very mad, because we would spend hours progressing so far, and then it would never fucking save right. Like, we would would boot the game back up the next day, and, like, we would be back at a way earlier part. I'm like, I don't understand why this game continues to do this to us, all we want to do is play this game and enjoy it and love it. And we still did that, just we never got anywhere. <sighs> I don't miss that. Yeah, you sound really sad. I mean, imagine if you put a few hours into a game one night, mm-hmm. and then you went back the next day, and for some reason, those hours didn't count. Would you still play the game? Brennan, I lost all of my Pokemon, and I just stopped playing that game. Exactly. You would stop playing. In my adult years right now, because I don't have unlimited amounts of time to play video games, if that happened to me, 100%, I would never touch that game again. Ever again. Bad to me. Like, when... And it still hasn't been fixed. If you... Or maybe it has... I don't actually... No, it hasn't happened yet. But, like, if something happens to your Switch, you can't transfer over your save file. Mm Mm-hmm. If I was still playing Zelda or still playing Mario and I hadn't completed the game and that happened to me, I would, n- I would never play those games again. And I love Zelda. Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games of all time. If I had to start from day one, in- unless, I cho- like, unless I chose to do like a, the master mode or like do another playthrough, that's different. If I didn't complete the game and I was far in the game and it got fucking reset and I had to start over, I would I would be very upset. I would probably still play the game. Let's be honest. It's Zelda. But I'd be very mad about it. Brennan's sitting there playing it, handheld with a scowl on his face, laying in bed, Jen's just looking at him like, are you going to do this the entire night? He's like, hmm. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but to get back on course, Jump Force looks beautiful, looks amazing. It's a fighting game, so we'll see. It's a fighting game, and I imagine the roster is going to be sick. Yeah, the roster is going to be dope, unless what Dom said is true. And fucking Light is just a fucking story character. Yeah, I, that makes me a little mad. I mean, I don't care. I don't want to. Wouldn't want to play as Light. I wouldn't want to play as. I fuck Ryu. shit up as Light. I don't want to play as him. Because Light could fight like like. So we're, me and Joe have been playing he, a lot of Blaze Blue. He was in Jump. He was in Light. Was or Ryuk was. Light was, I'm pretty sure. I remember I remember him being in the game. I could I could dig up that game and pop it into my three DS. It's not worth it. But I'm I believe he was there and I I don't know. I I think the way Death Note shook out, I probably just don't care about Light as a character. As a matter of, no, it's not even that. I think I just don't like light, so I don't care. I like I mean I like light, but He was he was Good in the story, he was good at being someone that I found detestable, which I believe was the point. Yeah, like I like I enjoyed him as a character, but, but L was my dude. I don't need. I don't. I mean, Ryuk was also my dude. 
Like if we if the if the game needs a major antagonist and they chose light, I'd be fine with that. Anyways, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But the other game that we both fucking lost our marbles mm-hmm. wasn't even a game. It was an expansion mm-hmm. to Cuphead, mm-hmm. the delicious last course, mm-hmm. where not only are we getting another aisle with a bunch of new bosses to fight, we're getting a new playable character, Mike. Yep. The legendary Mrs. Chalice. Miss Chalice. I think she's single. Ooh. I'm excited. Cuphead is fantastic. If you ever play Cuphead, you have an Xbox or you have a Windows thing, and you don't have Cuphead, you're missing out. Is it a hard game? Oh, absolutely. But it, it deserves your $20. It's probably on sale right now. I think it's still on sale during this uh, E3 sale. Oh, boy. It, it deserves your, your dollar. It is, it is a fantastic game. So much love. So much passion went into that game. All hand-drawn artwork. Come on. If you're a fan of art, Get the game. It's like playing an art book. It's fucking amazing. Play it on fucking easy mode. There's an easy mode, isn't there? No. You you got your hard mode and then like a harder mode. And then once you beat the game you get the hardest mode. I think there's an easy mode though. Oh. I don't I don't know, maybe I, I don't I, think I played I didn't play in fucking baby mode. What am I like a fucking baby boy? Uh, sidebar, that's part of the reason why I stopped playing Wolfenstein, I think, is that you have the option to pick your Difficulty. difficulty and like there's like a baby mode where like they show fucking what's his face like with the pacifier in his mouth and like Wait, a really? on it. And I was like, well, obviously I can't pick this mode. I'm not gonna go to the hardest mode, but I can't pick super baby mode. Yeah, yeah, you can. No, it's fine. It listen. If you're just trying to enjoy the fucking story, most of those games just bump the difficulty down. Just fucking play through it, and have fun. Like, what are you trying to accomplish by playing on big, big bad boy mode? I'm not playing on big bad mode. I'm just playing on like normal mode. I know, but some of those—I mean, whatever—just bump it down. Enjoy the story. Yeah. Kill some fucking Nazis. Listen, regardless of what difficulty you're on, there's one thing that has to happen: the Nazis have to die. So just fucking kill them. Yeah, but I mean, I'm playing the first game in like chronological order, which means that no matter what I do, I know that there's two other games after that where there's still more Nazis. I know, but if you don't start killing them now, it's only gonna get worse. Um, got a real Nazi problem here. Fucking. But yeah, I I like. There was. The slightest rumor that I saw online the week before E3 that someone said, we're getting Cuphead 2 or some sort of Cuphead announcement at E3. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like I want it to be a real thing, but Cuphead proper took forever to get made. It took a long time to get out. It got delayed many times mm-hmm. and then I remember specifically after the game came out and it was doing really well that uh, Studio MDHR was doing a lot of press to uh, I don't know what just happened I hit my laptop and I thought it stopped recording but it's fine um, they were doing a lot of press and I think some people in some of the interviews had asked them like oh you know what are the, pl- what's the, what are the future plans of the game more Cuphead and they made it very clear, like, we are taking some much-needed time off of making video games. But, I mean, granted, the majority of what they had to do, for the most part, was probably just animate new things. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how game development works. I especially don't know how it works when you have to draw everything. Yeah. I expected us at some point to either get a sequel or just 
an additional island. Like, I expected us to get that at some point. I just feel like I wasn't ready for them to be like, oh, yeah, no, 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 you got something next year. Granted, it's actually, when it finally comes out, it comes out, it comes out in 2019. So that will be two years of development, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a long time, actually. But it just, it, it feels so soon. Um, game's still fresh. Still fresh. I love that the, game. The paint's so wet, guys. I still go back from time to time and try to bang out some of the harder achievements. It, it's just never, I'm never going to, like, I beat the game. And I feel very proud of that and accomplished. Some of those achievements, I, I, I've tried. And it they are bad. They are just bad. Joe and Dom have done most of them, if not all of them. Yeah. I can't. I don't have that type of patience. I don't have that type of skill. I don't. I. I don't want to go through that. It's pain. So much pain. Yeah. Well, you'll buy the DLC anyway. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I beat the game. I beat the game. I just, you know, I didn't fucking beat every boss without getting hit and fucking beat every level without shooting your gun. And I, I, I don't have the patience for that shit. That like, I did some of the levels like that, and I'm just like, I don't know if I can beat the whole game this way. Well. Yeah, clearly just the running guns, right? So, beat the running guns without shooting your weapon. And then do the boss without getting hit. Maybe it's not... Or maybe it's just you have to get the highest rating on each boss, Mm -hmm. which I think in most cases means, like, taking as least damage as possible and beating as quick as possible. Anyways, yeah, I don't... I I can't do that. Um, And then really the only other big thing, which was kind of a big deal, was Cyberpunk 2077. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, you you have no feelings about this, or I have no feelings because the way it was presented, I was like, is this something I should be like aware? Of? Should the should I have been like someone's like, oh my god, they're bringing back cyberpunk, or what was going on there? So I was like, hmm. so it's it's a new IP from CD Projekt Red, which are the people behind The Witcher. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would argue that The Witcher Three is one of the best games ever made. The year that it came out, I'm pretty sure it, it got a lot of Game of the Year wins and, you know, a bunch of noms as well. Hmm. Looking at a lot of the recap, I mean, obviously we were in 83, but looking at a lot of the recaps and, like, things that people have posted in, you know, Game uh, game of the Show awards that were given out by certain pub- publications and stuff, a lot of them gave that award to Cyberpunk. Some people in the industry that I was reading articles of or, or impressions of said that because basically we got the trailer and there was some closed door uh, on hand sessions for the for certain select members of the media. And uh, a lot of these people were saying that with what they were able to see and play, what this sets up, like the promise of what is here, this could be like, like one of the best games we've ever played. So a lot of people are very excited about it, which I liked the presentation. I liked the setting. I liked the music. Like, I liked that trailer. That trailer fucking... Everything about how they brought that to the show, where you know Phil Spencer was back on stage, he was ending the Microsoft conference, and then like they made it seem like the conference got hacked. And, you know... Being here all along. Yeah, it, it, it was awesome. Like I enjoyed it a lot. The trailer was great. I watched the trailer again today just to kind of like get amped for this episode. I was watching a bunch of things. Um, refreshing my memory a little bit on some stuff. And that trailer is great. Watch the trailer again, Mike, later. 
Mm-hmm. My favorite scene is like it is nothing, but my favorite scene is there's a quick scene of like these three guys in the backseat of like some sort of taxi type thing, but they look like like they're like pale white like aliens with like black glasses and like black fucking all black like all black everything. It's just they looked so fucking cool and like I feel like that scene right there for me it was like all right whatever this setting is like whatever this world is they're building like I want to be a part of this right now like I want to play like I'm I'm very intrigued by this game I want to wear sunglasses in a cab yeah they just look really fucking cool um there's a there's a lot of actually really good scenes from that trailer like there's a scene of like this like android alien slash lady like getting out of this futuristic car and like I don't I don't know like the cinematic value of that trailer is shot very well if you don't know what Cyberpunk 2077 is, or you haven't seen it, or you've heard of it, but haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer. It's definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, but moving along, we'll kind of we'll quickly glaze over Ubisoft and Bethesda and Square. I mean, Square really didn't bring anything to the fucking table. I don't even know why Square had a conference. Uh, I mean, realistically, EA, Square, and Bethesda don't need to have conferences. Like, all those fucking things can be shown at someone else's conference. Yeah, but who gets to show it? Well, if it comes, if it's Kingdom Hearts, then everyone shows it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, when it comes to other stuff, it's... even Ubisoft is like, "Hey, here's a take a look at Kingdom Hearts." It's all about that fucking, all about that paper, Mike. Who wants to pay for that marketing rights? Who wants to be like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Elder Scrolls, yeah, you know, we'll announce it. Bring it on over here." There's a nice fucking fat check, Todd Howard. I mean, I'm assuming that's how some of that stuff goes down. Yeah, probably. And then some of it's probably like, you know, hey, listen, we're like kind of aligned with Microsoft. We like Microsoft. Hey, we're kind of aligned with Sony. We like Sony. And it just kind of goes that way. Um, but I would have to imagine that there's a there's a check that gets slid across the table. And they're like, hey, we uh want to wanna reveal something on our fucking stage. They have a conference room booked just for sliding checks across tables. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is, is there was one day where Square booked the room for the whole day and they invited every fucking people every person that was having a conference over so they can all slide them checks and then what they didn't say was oh we already got checks from everybody but they just fucking kept the checks and everyone showed a trailer oh boy fucks and square the guy signing all these checks like really I'm signing this one for Sony and for Microsoft yep right. just keep just keep signing uh, I mean I'll say this at least each of the trailers had something new at least See, I wasn't aware of that because I think I watched one trailer and then when I saw that they were showing a trailer again somewhere else, I was like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. Well, it's the, I, was, I mean, that's the danger told, of it, too. Is I that... was told later that, oh, yeah, they showed different things. Like, I don't think I knew about the Ratatouille worlds until I watched that donkey video, I think. I forget. I forget which world was shown off at, uh... So I watched at the first one. So, well, I mean... Then, Microsoft's. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the scene was that was different, though. Maybe it was Frozen? I know they had Frozen in that one. Frozen might have been that one. I know that Pirates of the Caribbean was Sony's. I don't know. I, I didn't watch the Square one, to be honest. I just didn't fucking care. It, I, I didn't think there was going to... Like, the fact that Square had a conference, but already showed one of their big games... I'm like, okay, what else do they have to show? Well, they have uh, the Final Fantasy remake. Which didn't get shown anyway. They didn't show it, but, I mean, so, that's then, what they had. And then, when they they, were... and then when they didn't show it, everyone was like, oh, well, this is definitely going to be at the Sony conference, and it wasn't there. I'm like, what is happening? 
Um, Ubisoft, you know, coming out with Just Dance, obviously that's there. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Starlink, which if you're a Switch owner and get it on there, there's Star Fox integration, which is super cool. Since we're not getting a Star Fox game, at least we get some sort of Star Fox something. Which um, means we're not getting that Star Fox racing game, which is super deep. I mean, we still could be. Yeah, I don't know. He, here's the... Moment's gone. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to Nintendo in a second, but there's there's a there's a caveat to Nintendo. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 still looks pretty incredible. There's some interesting things that uh, they announced. So they're working with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Did you watch Ubisoft's or no? Um, I caught parts of it. Did you see the Beyond Good and Evil part or no? No, I did not. So there, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt has like some hit record or something. He has, he has some sort of yes. like community-driven like art thing, mm-hmm. uh, where he you know it's like a platform for artists to like collaborate and, and stuff like that. So Ubisoft is working with them. So a lot of the stuff that's in the game is going to actually be fueled by like people and not people at Ubisoft. So if you're you know if you're an artist you submit like a painting or a mural or something it may show up in the game as like graffiti. Mm-hmm. You're a musician. They might use your music for whatever. Like there's there's a lot of different things and they're taking submissions and I, I think it's just like it's I think it's a cool idea. It can obviously go really bad, but I don't think it will only because I'm assuming that everything that gets submitted is going to be like approved or denied. Like, it's going to be a curation process. I don't think they're just going to be like, yeah, just hit submit and your shit will show up in the game because then you're going to get fucking, like, dicks everywhere. I, I would imagine that the real issue would be what the stipulations are. Like, if you submit something and if they don't use it, would they just, like, then own that thing? My guess is it will somehow, it will have to somehow work that way. Like, my my guess is that, like, there's no compensation. Like, it's you get to submit something and it's in a game, which... I mean, that's a portfolio piece. You know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. I don't know how it breaks down. But there's that. Bethesda's conference, I mean, I think it started off as one of the dumbest, most pointless, like, jarring conferences with, you know, Rage 2 went into Andrew WK. If you watch the reaction of the people that were there. Party, party, party. They were not partying. They were very anti-party. They just were not. It was just, it didn't make any sense. Nobody was into what was happening. Um, a lot of the people coming on stage presenting stuff was, they were a little dry, a little dull. Was that the one that had Elijah Wood? Um, where did he come out? No, I saw him and I was like, I Elijah, was, what are you doing? I think here? he was at the square one. I mean, maybe he came I don't even remember. I do remember him coming out. I don't remember where he came out. Um... But really, the, the, the big takeaways from from that were, obviously, new Elder Scrolls, which we didn't see anything other than a title screen, um, or a logo, and then Doom, which is seemingly a sequel to Doom from a few years ago. Um, it had, a t- it had like, a Doom and then a title. It wasn't, like, Doom 2. It was, like, Doom you know, Retribution or something. That wasn't the title. I just don't remember what it was. I didn't leave it in my notes. Um... So those two teases got people excited, but then the real meat of the conference was that, hey, listen, we're going to go in-depth of what Follow 76 was. And Dom, before he left at the beginning of the episode, mentioned that that was one of his games that he's most interested in. And 
I like Fallout Four. I wanted to love that game so much because it took place here, like mm-hmm. in our fucking backyard. Um, and it just it didn't. I don't know. I, it came out at a bad time because there was a lot of good games that came out at that time, and I just it got lost in the shuffle. And I got you know maybe halfway through the game, and then I just never revisited it. Um, so Fallout seventy six initially when it got announced, I was like, I don't really. I'm not like I'm not like Jumping for Joy. I don't really. I'm, I honestly just don't really care. Um, and then when it got like, there was rumors that it was like, hey, it's gonna be online and this and that. Like some of the rumors I was reading, I was like, this game does not sound like anything for me. But this deep dive on what it is, like, this seems like it might be something we're down for. I mean, Dom was texting me that night when it was happening, and he was like, this is a day one buy for me, like, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, I mean, if you're getting it, like, I'll get it. And then Todd was like, yeah, I'm getting it too. So, I mean, there, there's some cool aspects to it. The o- online part of it is seems uh, interesting to me. Basically, the world isn't full of NPCs. It's full of real people. You can choose to work together or, you know, be hostile. I imagine that you're going to run into more people being hostile than you will being nice. I just don't see, like, I just don't envision a nice group of people, you know, rassles. populating that universe. But you never know. But it did pique my interest. It, it's it's something that I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, it's supposed to come out this year, so we shall see. Let's move into Sony quick. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wrap up with Nintendo and our final thoughts. Hmm. I just want to go and say it. I think the Sony conference as a conference was a very bad conference. I'm not saying the games were bad. I'm not saying the gameplay they showed was bad. I'm not saying any of that stuff was bad. I'm saying that the conference, me as a viewer from my couch, it was a bad conference. It was probably fantastic for the people that were there because it was like, you know, you're you're engulfed in this ambiance of, hey, we're going to, you know, it starts off as we're in a setting that is replicating where the next trailer you're going to watch, or the first trailer, rather, is taking place. That is really cool. It's a cool idea. It's a way to immerse your hardcore fans who made the travel out to, you know, that experience. It just didn't translate well to people who are watching this everywhere else, which is... That's where the majority of the people who are interacting with us are. They're watching it remotely. They're not at your conference because we don't all have that ability. Um, So from that point of view, I thought it was a bad conference because it was not good for people who were watching it, which is, I think, the intention is to do something for all of these millions of people that are watching it. Um, But Last of Us 2 looked fantastic. I mean, that trailer was was it it was a lot to take in um it literally made jen get off the couch and go go in the other room she's like i don't want to watch this anymore (laughs) um but i mean it was great some of the things that i wasn't some of the things that i'm still questioning is that and i felt this way for this and for spider-man the gameplay or what they were making us assume was gameplay looked so fluid that is this how this game's really gonna play minimal hud so like not a lot of things on the screen 
every interaction between the environment and the enemies like it just seemed so like it looked like it was a cinematic so yes do we see a lot of like pre-recorded or pre-rendered stage demos at E3 all the time this made it seem like they were trying to simulate true gameplay was it true gameplay we'll we'll find out but it didn't look bad i just I don't know. It seemed too perfect to me that I was like, this can't be what it's really like when you're playing. That you're running and there's people shooting at you and you happen to run by a thing that has like a fucking, you know, Molotov cocktail on it. You pick it up and you throw it. Like all this, it just seemed so perfect. It seemed like it was probably just quick time events that you just didn't see what the button input was supposed to be. So it was kind of on rails and you were pressing. Which, if that's the case, me personally as a gamer... It's not my style. I don't like quick time events. I think they're kind of fucking pointless. Um, just let me play the game. I mean, I understand in certain scenarios, you know, maybe they're they're there for narrative purposes, but I don't know. I just can we get away from quick time events? God damn it! Mm. I don't know. I imagine I I don't think it would be like that for the entire game, but no, I don't know. But for those moments, if that's really what it is, though, that's. The, it's kind of a cheap move, is like showing that as like, hey, this is our gameplay. I'm not trying again. Not trying to rob it. Naughty Dog makes great games. This game looks fantastic. And again, I when I when I break down like the things that they showed game wise, I think they had a very good, solid conference in that regard. I just think overall presentation wise, the other stuff is what makes it not a great conference to me. Um, but also, they didn't bring a lot to the table. Granted, we knew up front they were going to keep it kind of focused on certain games. Um, and they didn't necessarily need to bring a bunch to the table outside of that. But you have to, like when you're looking, when you're judging all of these conferences from from standing, you know, standing back, taking a look at everything that everyone showed. It's like they were hyper-focused, showed a few games. Microsoft showed, you know, 50 games. 18 world premieres, 12 exclusives. That's a giant disparity. They announced, you know, acquisition of studios, creation of a new studio, focus on Game Pass, focus on the future, focus on games, blah, blah, blah. Granted, again, the Sony conference was a focused look, deeper look on these specific games. It almost felt like this was like a, an arrogant Sony returning like hey we have these games and that's it like this is all we need to do mm-hmm. i don't know it, it, it seemed like i mean it, we'll, we'll see how it pays off i mean they're in the lead right now by a lot so you know they can afford to 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 kind of be that way be a little pompous maybe but moving on i mean there's resident evil 2 remake which was you know fantastic we all kind of knew it was coming hoping it was coming that was there uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which gameplay-wise, I don't know if it's something that I'm super interested in, but the setting, the, the fucking graphics, like the the aesthetic choice, my god, it's beautiful. Like when they when when the character when the main character I'm assuming was riding the horse like through the fucking like fields, that was gorgeous. Great horse mechanics. <laughs> When I was designing this game, uh, it was just fan- like this. It was just fantastic. Like, if I ever wanted to get a fucking 4K TV, PS4 Pro, like for a game, that would be one of those games. Like, it was just gorgeous. Um, the scene when he's 
you know, squaring off, fighting one on one with with the other person uh, in the trailer, and it's like this pushed back, like you know, shot with the sun on the other side of them. So it's kind of like you're kind of seeing their silhouettes fight. It was just, it was well done. They they put together a a good fucking showpiece for that. So I mean, I'm interested in that game. I'm all about it. They showed Neo, Neo 2, a quick teaser trailer for that, which was, uh, you know, new. We didn't really know much about that happening. We saw Remedy's new game, Control, which uh, Remedy, the people behind Quantum Break, they worked on some previous Max Payne's. Eh, I mean, it looked fine. I, Quantum Break didn't do anything for me, so I'm not, like, stoked about Control. Uh-huh. I don't really care. It looks interesting to me, and now that you said that it was made by the people who made Quantum Break, who had the best booth at PAX two years ago, mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm 100% on board. Well, so, I, if you didn't say that, what I was going to say was, like, I have no interest in Control, but next year at PAX, if they have a dope booth, I'm going to be spending a lot of time taking fucking those those 3D rotating fucking pictures, yeah. if that's what they got going on. So if you're listening, <laughs> just... if you're listening Sony... You know what to do next. They legit just bring back the same booth and just cross out Quantum Break. And <laughs> just... Control. Control. Uh, so what does this have to do with the game? I don't fucking know. People just want to take pictures again. Okay. Listen, you want me to spend time at your booth all all day during packs? Just get one of those fucking fancy camera booths. I'm down. Like, it. that was so much fun. We spent too much time there. More time than we needed to. More time. Considering the fact that it had the shortest line out of everything there. We were in and out pretty quickly because no one i feel like nobody knew it was nobody there nobody was using it also it was branded as quantum breaks we were like fuck quantum break but yeah, we, we we could see past the bullshit we knew we, we knew the reality we couldn't see past the bullshit we were just bored and confused that thing was amazing that's the first the first time we were just bored and confused after that we were we we're hooked we we're like okay we gotta do this again could you imagine if the line for the fucking payload tour was that short we would have had so many fucking had Overwatch so pictures. Many. I'd be like, alright, this time I want to hold one of Reaper's guns, but I'm going to hold one of Tracer's guns. Also, just... It's uh, a real who, who is she, who she, won't she, how is she? I don't let me talk anymore. It's getting, listen, it's getting late. This beer is kicking in. Yeah, go on. Sorry, get, I apologize. Get on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then obviously, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> and Death Stranding. Good old Spooderman. What are we thinking about those two? Well, I mean, I already knew that Death Stranding was not going to tell me anything. So, I I was already on board. I'm like, alright, let me just find out more about this baby thing. And I almost had an answer. I also saw the baby's butt, so... Yeah, you they, do see the baby's butt right at the beginning. So I guess those things kind of cancel each other out. So, you feel like this trailer did not, like, did no... It didn't answer any questions? Kojima uh, wants to be, like, a filmmaker of some sort. Like, he's he's definitely into, like, making a story. From what I've I've gathered about, like, the previous Metal Gears and all that shit. Oh, no, no. Kojima is, like... Kojima loves film. Like, he is a film fucking buff. Like, Mm -hmm. he, he honestly probably loves film more than he loves video games. Yeah. So, you know, with this game, he's trying to, like tell some sort of story and he's going for like a fucking lynchian sort of i don't know mind boggler <laughs> which is great for these 10 minute teasers that again just have you asking more questions 
one of the biggest questions is what the fuck is this game? And I would argue that isn't that in turn a good trailer or like a good like tease? Because it, 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 if, if at anything, it's getting people to continue to talk about his People thing. are still talking about it. And listen, any publicity is good publicity. Me, I'm looking at like, I can't even make headshots. Like, I don't even know what kind of game. At the end of the day, if by some miracle we find out two years from now that it's actually a game and not just like a fever dream. Yeah. And it's like, it ends up being like some sort of fucking Tetris fucking video <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I, I don't know. So, I feel like there are some small things to glean from this, but I think the things you can glean are story based and not gameplay based. Like, I feel like gameplay wise, we still don't really it's know way up in the air. Really, what's going on besides you story carry wise, things around? Story wise, it does seem interesting, and if he throws in the towel, is like, you know what? Like, the entire game could end up being just, like, a... You press fucking X to see the next bit of dialogue. It's like, oh. So I just do this for two hours? Two and a half hours, really. Oh, okay. And then uh, I, know, I find out. Okay. These are, these are some of my thoughts on, on Death Stranding. Is that, A, I feel like Kojima... Matt Mickelson is in this game, and I haven't seen him. He's in. He's in last year's. He's in one of the trailers. I think I saw his eye once. Yes, you I see his eyes. You see I his don't. Face. I don't know what he's doing. He might be the invisible handprint monster. He could be. You never know. Uh, there's a. There's. There's a few. Like obviously Norma Reedus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's in it. He might be involved. He. There are. It was a list of people at the end of that. Robert De Niro. Yeah, there was like a list. This is clearly a movie. There is no game in in this trailer. They announced two female actresses that are Mm -hmm. in. I don't know who. I don't know who they are. They are. Um, but they're the two. I'm assuming the two females that were in the trailer. His, Mm -hmm. his seemingly wife, sister, and the other girl that was like eating fucking bugs, at the end of it. Yeah. Um. Here's here are some of my like scatterbrained thoughts about this project and Kojima in general. I feel like Kojima, like we discussed, loves movies, big movie buff. Probably always wanted to create a film. Obviously, his medium is video games. When he was making when he was making Metal Gear, <laughs> I can't believe I just like organically went to that. Uh, when he was making Metal Gear. <laughs> He wants to make sure the horse mechanics. Oh, so when he was... How can I say the sentence without saying it? When he was working on his... His previous games. Yeah, Metal Gear. Um, he wanted to make the horse mechanic. No, when he was working on Metal Gear. He obviously, at the end of the day, had some restrictions through Konami, his publisher. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that some of maybe the things he wanted to go deeper into or take the series like i'm sure that there were a lot of times where konami was probably like what the fuck are you doing because i mean there are plenty of points of metal gear where it gets a little zany um i think he has no restrictions now it's him deciding what he's doing um so i really do think that and i have high hopes that 
this game will be something really special because I feel like this might be the game that he's always wanted to make or the story he's always wanted to tell. Uh, counterpoint. <laughs> counterpoint. There's no, not, there's no horses yet, so we actually don't know if this is... His, I, uh, I don't... And I, again, not to, magnum poop, opus. not to poo-poo on anything, like, I I honestly want this to be good because we're talking about it, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we've got the original trilogy of Star Wars movies where, like, George Lucas was doing all this stuff, and everyone's like, this is great, but he had people to rein him in. And then 20 years down the line, he's like, all right, another crack at this, no one's gonna stop me, I'm gonna do things straight off the dome. And then we got whatever you want to call the prequel movies. What I'm saying is, potentially, without Konami to say, Kojima, pump your brakes here, we might end up with, I don't know, maybe that baby is a metachlorian. Maybe not. Maybe Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Listen, though this, that could be very well a possibility, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's so. And that is simply because when he was designing this game, (laughs) no, uh, I I really do feel like, and I'm really sorry for anyone who doesn't understand the joke we can keep continuing to make. Uh, We'll we'll tell you at some other time. Reach out to us on on the fucking social media. I'm not not helping. And we'll point you in the direction of of what we're actually referencing. Don't ever talk to me. Mike's at a point. Leave him alone. But... I, I do have high hopes for this, and I think this is one. I think this is a story he's always wanted to tell, and now he has the chance. And I think some people are taking the cheap shot of like, "Well, this is just fucking wacky bullshit." Bull. I, I think there is a purpose. I think there's a deeper meaning. I think there is going to be a good story here. But I do think that he also wants to fucking express himself and you know take it a little bit further. Some of the things you can glean, like I think there are some. I don't know if there's anything gameplay-wise you can try to pull out of it. No. But... Except for maybe carrying a body or a box? There's definitely a point where it looks like he's carrying a body, and then he's obviously carrying a bunch of other shit. But I think the game... I think a lot of the gameplay... I I don't know. Like, literally no way to dissect it without, like, just sounding like a crazy person. But, like, the gameplay that they show, which is not a lot, which is him carrying shit on his back, this game seems to be dealing with some sort of, like cycle of life and death and and that's where the baby comes in yeah and then like a connection to like there's the scene where he's holding a picture which is probably his family whether it's his wife and daughter or if it's like his siblings or whatever it is it seems like there's some sort of connection at the end of the trailer it looks like one of the people the female that's in that picture is the one that turns around and and says whatever she says to him like I, I don't know if he's on a journey to get to her or try to find her or what it is. Like, there's obviously nothing's going to actually get answered in this trailer. But if it's a journey of, like, trying to to get from point A to point B to find whatever he's looking for, maybe the stuff that he's carrying, because at some points it's very light loads, sometimes it's heavy loads. Like, like I wouldn't put it past Kojima and his style of storytelling for that to simply just be a metaphor of, like, this is you carrying your baggage on this journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that, that's, like, what other... Why is he carrying a bunch of fucking parcels? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't... I don't know why the baby was inside of him. 
Yeah, I don't know. Why was inside the whole time? Why did the baby give us a thumbs up? Does the baby give you a thumbs up? The like he doesn't clench his fist all the way, but that might be because he's like you know a baby. <laughs> not even a baby inside he's, a man. He, he's not even a full baby. He's still like neonatal fucking whatever. And but the baby clearly is like. He also mooned you. He also mooned me. Was that deliberate? Was he just stuck that way? Was it supposed to be funny? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Regardless, it's whatever he is trying to do here, at least in this stage of the game still, which I don't even know when we can expect this game to come out, he has a dialogue surrounding the game, so that's good for him and good for yeah. the game. Moving on, Spider-Man, the old Spooderman. Yep. Thoughts? I liked it. The only thing that I care about, it looks good. The combat looks good. The gameplay looks good. The only thing I care about is simply if the locomotion, the fluidity, like the fluidity, like if it plays and flows nicely, like when you're swinging, if like if it feels good when you're going up the buildings or you're going through the city. If that stuff feels good and moves smoothly and it doesn't feel clunky or, or, you know, if it doesn't feel interrupted as you're doing those motions, this is going to be a very good game. Um, and a lot of the impressions of people that have had the chance to play it and, and have said that it moves very smoothly, that is exciting. If the game plays in that smooth fashion, I think they have a fucking gem on their hands. Hmm. Cause the cause the the trailer last year I wasn't on board. This one, I'm I'm down to clown here. It's looking good. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. September I think is the release date, so we're not too far off from from seeing what's going down. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, again, the games are great. Conference itself was kind of fucking whack, Arnold's. When they started off with The Last of Us and they made everyone that was there transition to the other fucking room. We, as viewers at our homes, had to wait like 15 minutes for the conference to continue. And in that in-between time, it was like an awkward state, like uh, like news desk type scenario where there was like four people talking about stuff. And it seemed like they didn't have talking points prepared because I think they envisioned that to be a very quick segue. And it ended up being a longer process because the guy, one of the guys on the stage kept saying, like, you know, we'll be back any minute now. And it's like, you keep saying this, but we're still here. Why are we still here? Why is this part of your conference? This makes no sense. Again, the people that were there, it's probably great. People that were over here, not great. It was uh, peculiar. Yeah. But, I don't know. And then there was those weird transitions in between each trailer. With like, it was like a banana playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. And like a triangle guy playing the fucking drums. Yep, I remember that. I was waiting for that. I'm like, oh, clearly this is like gonna lead up to some sort of announcement at the end of this, and it didn't. It was never part of the conference. But I did watch a lot of the after part because they cut after the, the their proper conference ended. It went back to that desk scenario, and during the desk scenario, they uh, they had like you know, guys from Iron Man come on, and they uh, you know, were playing some more Spider Man. They had someone else come on and play something and then they had the people who make the game dreams because that was apparently a nod to dreams and they were talking about that i'm like okay i understand that it was a nod to that but why the fuck was it there if it's not going to be part of the conference i gotta wait 20 minutes to even find out what that was 
get out of here, fucking banana guitar. Did you you notice that when you were watching it? Did yeah, you? I noticed it. I was so confused. I was waiting. I was waiting for a payoff. I was too. I was wait. Well, I was waiting for a payoff, but I also knew that I had missed a large portion of the beginning. So I'm like, maybe it was something they explained earlier. No, no, they didn't. But uh... and again, like. The Last of Us 2 started off with the guy playing the banjo. Ghost of Tsushima started off with the guy playing that flute. Really cool, I'm sure, if you're there. Translate it over to what I'm doing. It's like, I just want to see the fucking games. I do not care about this guy playing a fucking banjo. I do not care. Anyways. Oh, does that mean banjo's coming to the... Banjo or Smash? Alright, we'll bang out Nintendo. We'll wrap things up here. Thoughts. Mm. I do want to say, as you collect your thoughts, mm-hmm. most of my predictions for E3 in general, but specifically Nintendo, mm-hmm. not fucking true. Mm. Your thoughts? Well, well, they got a new Mario Party. It looks good too. I haven't watched any. I know there was gameplay. I know they played it during the trailer. I haven't yeah. watched any of that. I haven't either. But. What I can glean from that trailer, it looked very reminiscent of, like, not recent Mario Parties. It looked like a more, like, the mini games looked good. The movement on the board looked like a return to older Mario Parties. Like, the most recent Mario Party was fucking trash. Um, everyone traveled on the board together. It was stupid. So I liked what seemed to be a return to older board play style. Uh, the mini games looked fun. You can play as a fucking Goomba. Yep, we saw that. He has, <laughs> has no arms. I know. I saw so many good memes <laughs> of him riding the fucking tricycle. It, someone literally fucking tweeted out today. I saw it, and it was like, uh, "Use this Goomba as a metaphor to never give up on your dreams." This guy finished a fucking race on a tricycle with no arms. <laughs> I was dying laughing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Super Mario Party looks fantastic. They announced that uh, there's going to be some online play, but it won't be full. Like, you can't play, like, a board, the board game mm-hmm. online. There's going to be, like, a select mode of mini games that you can play, which, you know, probably isn't ideal for most people. Honestly, if I'm going to play Mario Party, I'd rather play. I agree with Joe. Joe said it's like a, that's a game you want to be on the same couch. And I agree. Like, I would love to play Mario Party with the people in the room. Yeah, listen, as long as I can voice chat with them and just fucking yell at them. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's one thing, but like, there, there's a, there's a certain tangibility you can't duplicate playing something online. Like, there's something magical, something special about like sitting on the same couch, being in the same room, being able to play, you know, certain games with people. And uh, though that's how it's like the ideal way to play it, I'm glad that they made some sort of middle ground with some sort of online you know play just because i feel like if they didn't implement any online play that would be just a guaranteed negative checkbox on most people's like take on that game um we got xenoblade dlc coming we got uh a look at fire emblem three houses which is the the main story fire emblem game that was you know announced last year and we kind of haven't heard anything since then that's coming out next year. Um, we got a bunch of cool indies coming. Overcooked 2 was announced. Killer Queen Black, which I cannot wait for. Um, Hollow Knight, which we knew about. 
got a release date and it was after the direct. Already fucking downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortnite, which we kind of already knew about mm-hmm. after the direct, which is right. pretty fucking great. Um, and then they did a highlight. Well, the trailer, the the direct started off with that Damon X Machina game, which I still don't know what to think about it, but yeah, I'm, so. I'm intrigued. Like, I'm, I'm going to watch some more gameplay and see if it is something that... It's going to giant robots. I'm down. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it looks like a fun little just, you know, let's fucking beat up some robots. Um, <clears throat> they had a sizzle reel where they showed a bunch of things that, you know, were either announced and they're just kind of refreshing your memory or, you know, there were some, like, decent titles hidden in that little reveal that... You know, uh, prior to that, we didn't even know we're coming to the Switch. Maybe some rumors, but, like, Dragon Ball Fighter Z was in that quick little sizzle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a bigger deal than what they gave it during the Direct. I feel like that, you know, probably could have got some more people excited. Maybe it's a, a tough call because it's a game that already released, you know, yeah. six months ago. So they're like, yeah, let's not devote too much time to this. But nonetheless, it's still great to see something like that come to the Switch. Um, obviously, they... They showed a little bit more of Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, but it really was just a rehash of what they already announced the week before. So, kind of pointless in my opinion. It, it would have, I feel like that would have hit much harder. Like, now that the Direct is over and E3 is over and they didn't actually elaborate more on the 2019 Pokemon game, mm-hmm. I think it was very, like, silly of them to announce that the week before. Like that, if that was part of their E three conference, I feel like people would be singing a different tune about their E three conference. Instead, they chose to have a separate Pokemon conference, and then not, you know. Like I feel like if all of the information they conveyed from that separate Pokemon press conference was just in this direct, where they were like, "Hey, we got Pokemon Quest. It's available now. Hey, we got these two, you know, Pokemon. Let's go. Let's go Eevee. Let's go Pikachu coming. We got this Pokeball fucking Joy-Con adapter." We got, you know, and another mainline game coming in 2019. I feel like all of those announcements built into their E3, they would have fucking destroyed E3. Um, Instead, you get people arguing that, why did the Smash conference take up, you know, why why did the Smash portion take up half the Direct? Well, it's, A, because they said from the beginning, our E3 is going to be focused on Smash. So... I don't know why you expected anything else other than a focused direct on Smash mm. when that's what they said it was going to be. Um, I mean, for us, that's great because we love Smash. So a deep dive onto the mechanics, the characters, the breakdowns, the changes, all the new things coming to that game for now. Because I'm sure there's some things that are waiting in the in the wings for slow trickle leading up to the release in December. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. What, uh... Other than Smash, was there anything else from the Direct that got you excited? Like, Killer Queen, Killer Queen Black to me was exciting. Fortnite, even though we knew it was coming, was exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, Super Mario Party was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else from there that, that piqued your interest or got you fucking amped? Nah, not really. What are your thoughts on the Smash portion of the Direct? Uh, they gave away a lot, I think. Good or bad? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying keep everything a secret. I like knowing as much as you're willing to give out. So, all right, all the characters from previous games are back in. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Um, it's, I don't know about stages, it sound, at the very least, they're bringing back stages that were like, for instance, ones that were in the 3DS version, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, all I expect to hear in the coming months are potentially new characters, which would be nice. It does sound like he really overdid himself by trying to get everyone else back in the game. Yeah. Um, looking at the numbers, I think uh, Inkling was 64. That was a number that he gave it. Okay, so that means Ridley 65. Ridley was 65. And not to mention the the Echo characters. I don't know if the Echo characters counted towards that number or not. So then you're looking at, even if we don't, like... Part of me feels like we'll at least get one more character between now and December. Like, mm-hmm. a middle of the, like, you know, hey, let's, a random Smash announcement. Guess what? We fucking this person's coming. I think one more character maybe will make the roster before launch. But again, even if they don't, if you look at other fighting games, that puts this roster day one at about 65 characters. If you look at any other fighting game that has come out in the past two years, like Street Fighter V launched with like 10 characters. Tekken 7, I don't know, but not a large roster. It should, probably not more than 20 characters. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, do you know the exact number? It's, no. It's probably not more than 20. It's probably like 20, 21 ish. Yeah, which even then, like, that's still fine, but you're talking about a game that's played Smash. At a highly competitive level. Huge in the fighting game community. A game that needs to constantly be balanced. When you're balancing this game, you have to balance all 65 characters. It's not like, oh, this one person is needs to be tweaked. That tweaks you make to them potentially then snowball into, I have to now tweak you know, these characters to offset that or whatever so th- there's a lot of stuff and detail that goes into balancing this game out and even after the game launches they're still going to have to continue to balance it to match the meta to see what people i mean there's only so much they can find out while they're playing i mean while they're creating the game it's not until it's in the hands of millions of people that they can start to see things maybe they overlooked or whatever i mean if you watch the the Smash Invitational that took place after the Direct, Sakurai came on stage and said, I've already noticed a bunch of things that I'm going to fix. Like, from watching, like, professionals play the game. So, I mean, it, there's a lot that goes into it. So, if anybody out there is, like, mad about the lack of new characters to the roster, you have to think that they're putting 65 fucking characters in here. Some of them are not owned by Nintendo. So there's extra hurdles that go into acquiring those licenses to have those characters, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, again, as a humongous Smash fan, as it being one of my favorite games of all time, as much as I would love to see an additional fucking 15 characters, having the entire history of Smash characters playable, I'm okay if we don't get another character until a post-launch DLC. Um... 
but the other the other thing too which makes gauging like gauging Nintendo's E3 showing compared to everyone else is Nintendo doesn't really like obviously Nintendo's going to be at E3 but they for the past, you know, 5 or so years if not more have created their own lane where they have these Nintendo Direct presentations where they can choose to t- talk directly to their fucking audience whenever they want by dropping these directs and convey whatever information they want to convey. So, is E3 the last time we're going to get some sort of video announcement from Nintendo about games coming out or games coming up or new game announcements? Absolutely not. We'll probably get at least at least two more directs this year. And that's not and that's not even counting like you know, there's plenty of time where we'll get a hey, we have a small Splatoon direct. Hey, we have a small Pokémon like a direct just dedicated to one game. So, I I'm not I'm not going to sit here and like be upset about the lack of if you want to argue the lack of things that Nintendo showed during their E3 showing because they decide to do directs whenever they want and it's multiple times a year. So you have to keep that in mind. Like as much as I'm sitting here saying, "Oh, PlayStation only showed, you know, five games or whatever at their thing." PlayStation fans also have to look forward to PSX where they get to see a lot more of certain things or whatever. So I'm I don't know, I'm I'm obviously not disappointed by Nintendo's Direct, but a lot of people are. Um I just think you have to consider that they they do Nintendo Directs throughout the year where they choose to highlight usually things that are coming out soon and not so much, hey, here's some games that are coming out in a few years. Like we know they're working on Metroid Prime. We know they're working on a Pokemon game in the main series. We know those things are happening. Do I need a half-assed like update on them? No, because I already know they're being worked on. And if I look at the history of Nintendo's first-party releases, they put out quality games 90% of the time. So I'm fine with them taking their time to make a good Metroid Prime game. And I don't need some stupid pre-rendered fucking trailer to remind me that this game exists because I already know it does. So when they're ready to show it, I'll be happy. Um, what? Who would you put as your top dog? Who was the Who was the conference that you felt the most from? God, uh, Devolver. Oh, Devolver. Other than Devolver. Hmm. Let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it to the big three. The big three. The big N, the big S, the big fucking X-Bone. Um, let's see. What's uh, Mike's personal best? And if it's different, who you think was the best at E3? Hmm. Well... Seeing as the only thing I kind of went into caring about was Super Smash Brothers, which I knew was on the table. I got all the information I got, so it's like, all right, fine, Nintendo, you... I gave you one checkbox, I gave you one checkbox, and you checked it off, so congratulations, you win. <laughs> would you also give that as not only your personal, but the best of the three? No, simply because I know what I want 
is not necessarily what people want. So who do you think was the people pleaser? Uh, people pleaser? Um... If you were there, Sony. If you weren't there, Microsoft. Like over here, spreading the fucking love. I'll keep it real simple. Personally, for me, like you said, Smash, big deal for me. So my personal pick would probably go to Nintendo. Overall, for the masses, I think Xbox had the... uh, the best conference. They showed the most. They showed the most in general. They showed the most new things. And, you know, they had some other pretty huge announcements in there. And I think they have the most to gain, or, or the most to prove, rather. And I think that they came out swinging. They made sure to hit all of their key points. They said, hey, listen, these are all of our big party games in our stable. Forza, Gears, Halo. Crackdown, Sea of Thieves. All of these games either have DLC or games coming out. They're all coming. Oh, we have all these other games. Oh, we have all these third-party support. Oh, by the way, we uh, acquired four studios and we built a fifth. So I feel like they went all out in every regard. Where I feel like Sony, again, being in a different state... In this current console climate, they were able, they had the luxury of doing a different type of conference, but I feel like my take on it was a little, little, little bit of conceit there, a little bit of arrogance. Feeling like, you know what, we can just, you know, show some extended gameplay clips of these few games and you know, fucking dust off our fucking hands and, and walk on through to the next year. And I think that that is a very silly, silly move. Not gonna lie. I think when you're on top, you should just keep fucking going for the throat. Not sitting back, kicking your feet up. Were there any games that you, like, were hoping to see? Or, or you know, expecting to see and, and we didn't see them? I mean, there were definitely a few on my list, but... Yeah, just uh, the supposed Superman game. People were fucking upset. People were really upset that that didn't happen. Um, I can't say I was upset, because I kind of forgot that that was a thing until I think Dom mentioned it after the fact. Well, I think people were just excited for the next Rocksteady game in general. We don't know if it's actually a Superman game, Mm. but there is a Rocksteady game in development, and I think most people were expecting that. Red Dead 2 didn't make an appearance. Granted, Rockstar, I believe, one of those developers that can kind of choose to do whatever the fuck they want, so... Whenever they want to give us Red Dead news, they will. Uh, a lot of people were hoping for Mortal Kombat 11. Never showed up. Uh, obviously, Metroid Prime 4. People were really holding out for Animal Crossing. Fable 4, another one. People were really, really hoping for all these games. Just MIA. And then an interesting one to me was that a game we know is coming out, a game we played at PAX, Soul Calibur 6, Absent from every stage, yet during E3, Bandai Namco on social media gave it a release date and a release trailer. Why that wasn't on any stage makes no sense to me. I, I'm just I'm baffled by that. I, I don't understand why nobody would have been like, hey, yeah, no, we'll show that. 
Like, I don't understand. It's just, it's just very confusing to me. I don't know why that wasn't on anyone's stage. Um, for me, the big glaring thing, obviously, it was one of my predictions, too. But I really think that Blizzard is missing a huge opportunity on the Switch for either Hearthstone or Overwatch. Hearthstone would, would really occupy a space that no other game is occupying currently on the Switch, except for uh, during the Bethesda conference, they announced that their uh, Elder Scrolls card game would be coming to the Switch. <coughs> Hearthstone would, would fit that hole, and they would be able to kind of monopolize that market for at least the time being. And then Overwatch could have been the premier team hero shooter on the Switch, Instead, now we have Paladins, which is fine. I have nothing against high-res studios, but it's clearly something that's capable on the machine because Paladins is running in 60 FPS. It's even doing cross-play with Xbox, so it's possible. I really hope that the team over at Blizzard is actually working on that because if they don't put it out sometime this year, I feel like they're making a mistake. They're missing a huge opportunity, at least. And I was honestly really hoping for that to be a part of uh, to be a part of Nintendo's conference. Which, if it was, I think it would have been clear that uh, they they hit it out of the park. But other than that, I mean, this episode is running long. It is running late, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got I got nothing else. I feel like that kind of sums up. E3 for me. Yeah. Mr. Miguel? No, that's it. Well, this episode of the podcast was sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night from 7 to 11, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you can check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and you can educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. As always, you can find us on the internet at PassTheController.io, on Twitter and Instagram, at PassController, and on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash PassController. You can find me, at BGroom. You can find this guy, at underscore MyGoPath. And, if you are in the North Shore of Massachusetts, next Wednesday, we will be hosting our final Jackbox party night at BitBar in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, for the past six months, we have run Jackbox night every third Wednesday of every month and this is our final final month for now so if you're in the area we'll be there from 8 to 10 if not you can catch us on Twitch play along with us there and if you are a fan of the show and you're still listening this deep in you should leave us a review on iTunes and we would love you forever and thanks for listening to episode 90 to the post-E3 episode.